I am fucking scared. Because it's going to fucking hurt. And I've already had fucking a lance through my fucking thumb. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm scared. I'm livid. And I'm just going to fucking do this. And just fucking stand the fuck out of my way because I'm fucking doing it. That's right. And that pain is temporary. And also, I can tell you, your fear in your mind is so much stronger than the actual pain. You stand up, baby. Stand up and try to, like, some get some air? circulation going for you. Some water? I have tattoos. I have piercings. And I know I always faint after. But I'm definitely doing this extermination. I am here to win, and I'm here to challenge myself. And that's the whole point of these exterminations, is to push yourself. Don't let it overpower you. Mary, I think Lulu's really upset right now. Lulu's losing it. <laughs> She's losing it. I love that name for her. Uh, like there's there's Louise and then there's Lulu. Lulu's like the inner child of Louise. Yeah, yeah. When when Mom Louise just can't keep up with the pressure when she's crying in her minivan in the you know in the parking lot of a Checkers, then right because th- she got her spot stolen <laughs> yeah. by some bitch. Yeah, it might be a rallies depending on where in the U.S. you are. But, <laughs> but in any event, she's sitting there in the in the driver's seat of her Windstar, and then Landon pulls up in her Ford, you know, pickup truck. <laughs> It's okay, Lulu. They're just testing you. They're just testing you. And I could watch this scene go on. This could be like one of those Ken Burns documentaries. It's just <laughs> Lulu and Landon. Lulu and Landon. That's great, Mary. Yeah. Oh, God. Just talking about, you know, how to deal with someone stealing your parking spot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or in my mind, like after she said... I'm scared, I'm livid, and I'm just going to fucking do this. I I just had this moment of my mother uh, trying to merge onto the highway. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm scared, I'm livid, I'm just going to do this. Turns the wheel. (laughs) Floor it. (laughs) She just shifts into whatever second gear and just... (laughs) Oh, it's automatic, Oh, it's automatic. (laughs) As the Pointer Sisters would say, it's totally automatic. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, There's nothing manual about the way my mother drives. (laughs) And she does not wear costume jewelry. Oh, my God. She does not. I was just thinking about that today. Uh, What a moth story. Anyway, we're making making light, obviously, of this uh, very real moment for Louisiana Purchase uh, before she goes into her first extermination challenge. Um, Because obviously, like, this was a big deal for her. There's a lot of trauma wrapped in here. But I think the thing that was getting to her the most 
was this inner saboteur that was speaking to her in the voice of all the people back home, right? When she said, if I go home, they're going to look at me like I'm a fucking failure. They're going to look at me and they're going to go, yeah, we fucking knew it. It's just like, I mean, how many times have you heard that, right, in your own head? Yeah, well, you know, I, I really found this scene to be kind of inspiring. I think watching her kind of... And I didn't realize this until the last time I watched it. Is that at one point she says she doesn't say I'm not going to do it. She says, "Well, I'm not not going to do it." Like, yeah, there's never a consideration that she won't go through with the extermination. And I just, you know, when she gets that point of like, "Stand the fuck out of my way," because I'm fucking doing it. Like, uh. it, it like working herself up to that, and like the the. You know, and people do this on on Twitter with like the the clapping hands between all caps words, like "I'm not going home." You know, I'm not going right. home, and and it's I mean, it always makes me think like that, and then the 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 part at the end of the clip of "I'm not fucking going home." I always think of that clip from uh, season six uh, of Drag Race and Untucked with Ben de la Creme. I'm not going home. Do you remember that? It's no, I don't. Oh, so, I, I mean, I'm not going home, and I'm not fucking going home. I feel like we could have a supercut. Oh, of just all contestants from all reality competitions saying this. Yeah, I want a supercut of that, and I want a supercut of people saying, "Well, come on!" in movies. <laughs> <laughs> a la D. Wallace and Cujo. Well, That's come on right. then. Yeah. Yeah, smile, you son of a bitch. I, it's just like all of those yes, like, yes. one-liner horror movies. Yeah. We're gonna do this. Like the explosion is about to happen. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, uh, Louisiana's version of that is, "I'm not fucking going home." Ugh. Ugh. It was. I mean, to me, like I felt like this was such a great example of you can be terrified and livid and feeling all these uncomfortable feelings and then just still fucking do it. And I think, oh yeah, that is way more realistic than pushing through these feelings of fear and just feeling exhilaration or adrenaline. I don't think that happens. I think you just are scared shitless and you just keep going. I mean, yeah, in so many different aspects of life, right? It can be an extermination challenge like this or like going through with a job interview, which is very personal for me, or, you know, breaking up with somebody or just going across the brink to something that is unknown and scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I my the visual for me of that sort of that going out of your comfort zone or going into that death zone. I mean, I always just think of Sandra Bullock and gravity, just like floating into outer space. Oh, God. Oh, horrifying. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have anxiety thinking about that, yeah. about that, just spinning into space. Right. And, and having to figure out how you're going to get through this, like what seems to be completely impossible situation. And I think that movie is like a great relative scale because like you want to talk about an impossible situation. Right. right <laughs> it is that right. it is what she goes through in that movie. So as and they some people even say that like, yeah, she actually did die, right? Like there are you know, all those theories about that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't... I, which I also I, I also found found very interesting in that way, to, like, look at that movie from a more metaphorical stance. Yeah, I I like the idea of her surviving at the end, just because I, you sure. know, it's like, well, why did I watch this if everybody died right. at the end, you know? Right, What was exactly. the point? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just give a, a, a little moment of love for Dahlia. Uh, right before this, uh, they were... You know, Lulu was really upset, and they all came into the 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 morgue, if you will. Um, and uh, Dahlia is like, because you know, Louisiana, Lulu didn't want to talk at all, and so Dahlia says, 
do you mind if I direct the conversation to someone else? And it was just really sweet to be like, hey, is it okay if we let you have your moment right now alone in your head uh, and we talk to Eva? You know, and I, I just, I found that really kind of um, a good use of time. Well, I think it's it's a very human version of, you know, what we call the producer's contestant. You know, I think, you know, somebody and, – and it's much like grandma, right? Like she's definitely being a producer's contestant. She's giving them the content that they need. She's directing the conversation. She's taking the prompt. She's trying to make them sound organic. And here, mm. once again, Dragula lets to see this meta moment, even of like Priscilla saying like they're filming us and Louise being like, I don't – care and the way that she mm. moved the way she moves that mirror oh the she, she got the bsa just for that i mean just oh i know that mirror move oh. oh my god but i think that was like that moment there it's like again you're actually seeing the the filming of a situation versus the situation they produce you know what i mean oh i i see what you're saying this it was uh oh i can't even say it right like it's an un it's a filmed version of an unfilmed situation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 certainly. There's still some production to it, but we're seeing less production than like the polished finished product of say a floor show or even a deliberation. Or even a Madeline Hatter meltdown. Yes. Yes. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Kidding me? <laughs> kidding me? Put <laughs> <laughs> the reverb on that part. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, this was a great moment that led up to, a, I mean, a really uh, tense extermination. I don't know. Did you watch it? I did. I watched it twice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Eva destruction. I gotta give it to Eva. Not only for just coming out looking sexy in a fur coat, but uh, stapling to her stomach, and I, that was nuts for me. But really. When it got to Lulu having to do this, and it went exactly how she said it was going to go, uh, the drama of Nathan, the director, coming over and grabbing her, and then they get her the chair, and then Vander Von Odd behind her, and get her some water, please. I need a medic to set. I mean, it was just like, okay. And then the, the eyes go back into her head. I'm like, wow. We yeah. saw all of that. And to be honest with you, I was tense because I was like, oh, my God, Louise is going home. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought, well, she definitely needs the paper bag, RuPaul. She definitely needs the paper bag. Is this disqualifying or is this, I mean, and obviously it's the the latter, but it was like, it's not that she passed out, it's that she did it anyway, knowing that was going to happen. You know, yeah, like she she went to the brink. She was like, right. yeah, I know. I know that it, this is going to make me pass out. And I'm and let's rock and roll, fuckers. You know, like <laughs> that to me is so amazing. And I also really appreciated. I appreciated Eva as well. Stapling to her stomach. I think she kind of knew that track record. It just she wasn't getting any better. I also appreciated, and this seems to be kind of Priscilla's vibe in these exterminations, is this, like, abject, like, desperation. When she's just, like, almost like she's, like, all these people who say, I'm not worth anything, while she's stapling dollars to her leg in this kind of, like, she just, like, won't stop. You know what I mean? Like, she's not hesitating. Right. It's like uh, that moment. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm having this reference. But it's like that moment in True Beverly Hills when when Phyllis Neffler needs to go across the log to get her daughter. And she's yelling at her daughter the whole time. She's like, I told you, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, they finally get across and then the cheers happen. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. And she doesn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. right. 
Um, and so Priscilla is having this moment in her head while she's stapling the money to herself. It's totally. Just, I mean, it was such a great little moment. It was. I. She really. Um. I think that she between this and last week's extermination, I just the the emotions that she brings to these situations. I'm. I'm into. Yeah, totally. I because of a kind of understanding that there's a Lulu, a Louise, and a Louisiana Purchase. Uh, just thinking of the different faces of Louisiana Purchase, I officially want to begin a campaign for a project. I don't know how it's going to be funded or if she'd be interested in doing it, but I want to see Louisiana Purchase do a web series based on the children's book Miss Nelson is Missing. Do you know this book? No. I <gasps> don't. Oh my god, Mary. Oh my god, so many of my our Marys know this reference. They were uh, cuz it was on my Instagram feed. But uh Miss Nelson is Missing is about a teacher who is completely overrun by her students. Her students are brats, they're mean to her, and she's just this sweet little lady trying to teach them something, right? So I picture Louisiana, uh, or Louise, being Miss Nelson. And then one day the kids come to school and Miss Nelson is gone and there's this evil substitute teacher named Viola Swamp. And that's Louisiana Purchase, and she's strict, and she's mean. It's kind of like Bianca Del Rio's Hurricane Bianca, but this is more like actually referencing this great drag of Miss Nelson. Miss Nelson gets into drag as Viola Swamp. And so I'm kind of like, wouldn't it be great if Louisiana Purchase was Viola Swamp, and it was this great little web series. It doesn't even have to be a teacher. It could be something else where she uses her drag persona, Viola Swamp, to get shit done, you know, to because she's not fucking going home. Yeah, I'm not fucking going home. Um, I mean, it's, I, yes, I you're giving me you're giving me Mrs. Doubtfire meets Dangerous Minds meets <laughs> Stand by Sister Me Act. meets Sister yeah. Act. Um, right. I'm I'm a bad bad teacher. You give me a little bit of bad teacher. I'm kind of sure. I'm kind of hoping that there's some kind of. Um, there's a role for Nina West, you know? That's, oh, as the friend? As, as the, the friend. other, like, if yeah, it, the if, social studies teacher. If this yeah. is based on a children's book, I think you need to bring, you know, the, the Disney queen in herself. Uh, um, uh, yeah, the, the Barney of drag herself, Miss Nina West. <laughs> like, if we're going to have a fantasy here, girl, like, have a peaches and cream fantasy, you know? Oh, my God, yes. And Tammy Brown can play the principal. Yeah. I'm just, like, seeing this whole world come of all pizza queens, right? This is all pizza queens. This is a pizza queens <laughs> production. Yeah. <laughs> Monet, so Katia, anyway, Jujubee, bring them all. Yeah. Marys, if you're keen and if you know this children's book, you know, tweet tweet about it tell louisiana about it uh i mean it, this is also a campaign to get louisiana purchase on this podcast stat which uh, we should just reach out to her i mean yeah i yeah, think at this yeah. point but yeah mary's if anyone's listening who's you know friends with louisiana tell her to check out all right mary um and that we're just loving on her every week so oh my god yeah, yeah. uh what a gift uh so anyway uh before we go any further and jump into this episode mary uh why don't we tell our marys what they're listening to well they are of course listening to another episode of all right mary all right mary all right scary 
which is our podcast dedicated to all things Dracula, the underworld of Dracula, and the nightmare the Boulay brothers created with this spooky, spooky TV show. <laughs> I am Johnny, and I am a bitch. And I'm Colin, and I need to get my breasts ready. <laughs> And we are, of course, continuing our recap of season three of Dracula with, uh, I don't remember the name of this episode. Uh, oh, Freak Show? Freak Show. La Freak, I think it was called. La Freak. Oh, okay. La Freak. Uh, La Freak. You freak. Uh, and I shit you not, you freak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the show. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of which, and I just want to mention this on the outset because it has nothing to do with anything but uh, on Netflix, season five of Shit's Creek is now finally available. Ugh. And I have to say, watching the first episode, I've only watched the first episode of season five, but now having watched that first episode, it is a doggone shame that Catherine O'Hara did not win the Emmy. <clears throat> I am telling you, that episode, it is so, get to that episode, she is genius she is doing all the things you need to do to win an emmy in one episode it's really insane and so phoebe i thought you were kind of campaigning for phoebe. i was no i was i because it seemed to me that phoebe waller bridge from like everything that she put into fleabag it is so much on her shoulders that show that i could understand like yeah you give the award to someone who's doing that much work to create this character and this story and the show and all of that but i and I'm so glad that she won so many Emmys. So I think that the uh, I wasn't the only person who thought that. But just in terms of like comedic female performance on television, Jesus Christ. Catherine O'Hara is doing next level work. If you're not watching Schitt's Creek, you're missing out on her. You're missing out on Alexis, the daughter, played by Annie mm. Murphy. She is mm -hmm. nuanced as fuck. Mm -hmm. Totally. So here's my question, just a quick tangent before we uh, – tangia, tangent. Tangent. Um, has Catherine O'Hara been doing this brilliantly since the beginning of her career? I mean, I think more or less. You know, we talked about – I don't know what episode it was or when, but in the past few weeks we talked about her in Home Alone. And like yeah, – or right. I, I know I've thought about it. Like her scenes in Home Alone, she's great. That's best supporting actress yeah. work. It's She's great. And also in, in Beetlejuice, yep. in all of the Christopher Guest movies, yep. she steals it for me. And, you know, a lot of people latch on to Parker Posey who is equally as brilliant. But Catherine O'Hara, it's just like uh, for your consideration is – I love her in that movie, and it's all about her. I know. I still haven't seen that, so I'm very excited. <gasps> oh, I my know. God. Purum, 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 purum. Oh, it's that's, so good. That's the one thing I know from it. But, yeah, I'm <laughs> – and I'm taking the approach, and I let this be approached to anybody because I think we often come up against, like, oh, my God, you haven't seen that? Oh, my God, where have you been? My response is, you haven't seen that? You are so lucky that you don't know what amazing – brilliance is just around the corner for you. You know what oh, I mean? Okay, that's fair. That's, that's very fair. That's yeah. how I'm going to, because, you know, there's so much bullshit I've seen that, that no one else is interested in seeing. And I'm, well, I'm happy that I saw Death Weekend because of you, you know? See? Uh, if, if I, I mean, oh my God, Brenda Vaccaro. Jesus. Yeah. I just, yeah. I am, I to me, I just, so long as you, you also feel a, a, like, oh, I get why she's so great, then my work here is done. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. So in this episode, Le Freak, uh, we have to talk about this opening, Mary, because Nurse Jackie is back. Yeah. Uh, if You know, and I will say this. If you can't get Edie Falco, she was also giving me Chloe Sevigny. Yes. Yes. 
excuse me. Yes, she was giving me Chloe Sevigny. I was I just was so happy to see that sort of the return of that character. Mm. She had there was a moment of great nuanced line delivery when she said, "Well, I predict that you'll bring me some <gasps> back." I wrote it down. She had this hand flutter. She yep. Went, All right. Well, I predict hand flutter that you will bring me some back. That was great because I feel like those bits, sometimes it can be clunky acting. And I was like, well, look at you. Like nuanced yeah. human acting. She's great. Yeah. She's great. It. Nobody told her to do that. No one you know, told she's her. She's making to... her mark. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. one told her We're to talking do that. about her on a podcast. You know, that, I mean, that's fabulous. For yeah. Her, so um, I know someone um, listening like knows her, went to college with her. Yes. Yes. S- spread the word. Tell her to listen to this. We think she's great. Oh, she is fabulous. Um, I also appreciated the nuance uh, in the Boulet's high drag because this was high drag. They, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Swan is smoking the cigarette, but Drac is exhaling the smoke. I did not notice that. I, it's I, that, brilliant. That's great. I did feel like in this clip, in that drag, in that story or that section of the story, there was just the sense of, oh, you are fully in your oats in these roles. <laughs> They felt totally. very comfortable. Like, I think they just loved playing this kind of character. Cat and mouse almost, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bait and switch. I Yeah, they are, oh, God, phenomenal. Phenomenal, these openings. God. Some of them, you know, I think we talked about how, like, uh, you know, the ones at the house and yeah. the party or whatever kind of fell a little flat. But this one, it's like, I mean, when there's dialogue, that's what I want. When there's, like, B-list horror movie dialogue i'm like bring it on bring yeah. it all the way on yeah well and i think now we, we are really seeing this like larger story they're telling with like bringing back a character from the first episode so i'm like right. i'm willing to kind of judge the thing as a some of its parts you know sure yeah um, that you have to move the chess pieces in order to bring the queen out you know exactly right right so i always think it's interesting how at the beginning of these episodes when we already know who went home that there's sort of extended deliberation among like the remaining contestants of like oh who do you think it was and well i think it's so and so i think it'd be so and so i feel like the tension isn't really there if we know you know what i mean yeah i i yeah you know what that you're putting you're putting your finger on exactly what i've been trying to figure out about this act one moment um because it's like well we and this happened in season two as well we already know who went home and so we're just hearing them guess so i feel like the only reason to have it is to possibly create a moment where someone comes back unexpected and they set up a story that way yeah and i guess it's like it would be unexpected for the contestants and we watch them experiencing that but the fact that it's not unexpected for us it's just there's like we're slightly removed from the drama um you know it, it's i and i don't know how they would do it differently right like i don't know i i feel like they would ha- basically have to not show the extermination like death scenes until the beginning of the next episode you know yeah i mean that would certainly be a huge cliffhanger uh but i i do like that the episodes end with yeah we the audience finds out who goes home so yeah the other option then is to start the episode with Priscilla already in the workroom and that there isn't like this guessing game that they have. Right. Um, I, I mean, this before Priscilla walks in, we did get some sound bites that I loved. Bunkity bunk is, you know, one that I'm going to jump on. Yeah. Bunkity uh, bunk, horse cock, another thing you could jump on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I loved, uh, would you call having a dick for an arm having an edge, though? I, th- I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, though I felt like, just to, just to put a, like a pin on that moment, that to me was almost like an act one gun for the conflict between Dahlia and Priscilla later because Dahlia's response was, well, yeah, because I placed ahead of you. So I guess it was an edge. Like, right. Dahlia is not wrong, but we'll get to that. No. Yeah, we'll get to Dahlia not being wrong. Um, I I also appreciate I, maybe it was when Priscilla came back, but um, this I this to me was an act one gun because they were like, oh, we're counting how many wins, how many bottoms, and Landon isn't, uh, and Eva has two wins at this point, right? Or three wins, two wins. Um, so we see after this episode, Eva going home. I mean, all bets are off, Mary. Uh, That's true. The, the, the Boulay brothers are not playing any games here. So we were thinking that, oh, because Eva has won enough that maybe she'll stick around. But that's not the case. Uh, it's top five. You know, they got to start making cuts. And, you know, Louise, like I said last week, I was like, if Louise doesn't win this week, she's going to go home. And that's just not the case. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're, you know... I- I think if they got to the end, you know, because I have certainly my predictions of who I think are going to be in the top three. And, and I think it's it's no spoiler to say that at this point, even with some of that unpredictability, I still think this is Landon's competition to lose. You know, like yes, I just think definitely. that they are loving his drag. They're loving, I think, the idea of a drag king winning Dragula and earning it. It's not even just like a token win. Landon's drag is like vastly superior to the other looks almost every week so i i completely agree and the the way i think about it and i do this with rupaul's drag race too is i think of like the past winners or if i think of like all stars and i think about their pictures on a wall right and i have vander von fucking odd who is her majesty or their majesty right and then bitch pudding and then it's like, who would be next to them? And it's like, well, Landon Cider. Like, that is royal to me. Yeah, it's exciting to think about, like, if you think of a winner kind of representing a season or rep- representing a a category or a, a just a, an iteration of drag and that every winner, like Drag Race it kind of feels this way, that every winner really does kind of represent a different interpretation of drag. And I think it's, yeah, like, to have that kind of diversity in your first three seasons is... It's just it's like, well, great. Where else are you going to push the push the line, you know? Right. And and not even talking about diversity, which I think is a great point for the brand of the Boulets. But the other thing, just being someone that is going to be an ambassador for Monster Drag, someone that is doing things impeccably at a higher level uh, that does represent a season in, in many ways. And I think, yeah, it is Landon's. I do think my top three, if we're going to skip to that kind of discussion that they had in the workroom later or in the morgue later, um, I my top three at this point is Landon Sider, <clears throat> Louisiana Purchase, and Dahlia Black. Same, <clears throat> same. That's my exact same top three. I think the idea of that being the top three, like that being kind of uh. like... The, fina- the the finalists, it's also like, oh, this is like, I can get into this. I mean, obviously, Landon, we've already just queened out on, but obviously, Louisiana having that drag get validated as top three right. drag is amazing. Right. And I think after this week, and especially what we saw in the boudoir, I think that Dahlia is earning her spot as well. 
And I did not – I was not paying attention to her at all. No, I thought it was top four I, for her, really. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but now I totally see her as a top three. Priscilla I still see as a top three. It's just, uh, you know, been in the bottom a few times and is kind of coming off a little messy. So uh, we'll see how it goes next week. They could just totally pull the rug out underneath. Uh, Dahlia but uh, I think she totally stands on her own it's just so interesting that there's this storyline of like oh you're you're Vicky's daughter and I'm like well I kind of forget all about that right yeah I don't I mean honestly I think more about her being Madeline's granddaughter than I do her being Victoria's daughter and I think that that's like that comes up later in that confrontation is that there's there's the conversations that we see and then there's the conversations we're told are happening. I guess I don't remember her really like playing the black card that often, you know, not to use yeah. that reference. Sorry. I didn't think oh, of that until uh, I said uh, it. I'm sorry. The black card. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There you go, Mary. Not what you meant. Not what you meant. Context. Yeah. Mary's context. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's true context. Yeah. True honestly. Context. Um, so yeah, <laughs> very funny. that's very funny. Yeah, Thanks, Sherry's mom. Thank you, Georgia. Yeah, that's very funny. Uh, it was the depression, you know, it was yeah. the black card. Yeah, I don't know what to tell, you. What to tell you. It was the depression. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we could we could uh, get right into that scene. You know, to be honest with you, I feel like this was a, pr- a producer prompt that just went straight off of the cliff. And or into the ditch. Right. So it started with this like, oh, well, Dahlia, that key really saved your ass. And, you know, it's just all very kind of lighthearted and people are kind of laughing. It's like, oh, if you went up against Maxi and and then and then Dahlia, you know, she's like, well, I'm not trying to sound like a bitch, but that just sounds dumb, girl. And she's just kind of being a little real with it. And then the first shots fired are Priscilla with this. You're just an off brand Victoria for me. And it's like, okay, that's a low blow. And digging, right? And so, of course, Dahlia has to defend herself for that, which I appreciated. And it was kind of giving Dahlia this moment. Um, and and then Eva starts to weigh in. And then it just, I don't know, it just be, it starts to get really sad because Priscilla is taking on this role of, okay, well, everything you say now, I'm going to attack. Well, I think that Priscilla, you know, she she had so little... She had so she, this is a this is a loaves and fishes situation. She doesn't have much to distribute, and she's trying to feed a whole army of people. Like sure, she's got she got nothing to argue with. And Dahlia is kind of like, okay, fine, I'm hearing you. I just need you to give me an example of when I talked about you, or <laughs> when I talked to other people, or when I did this, or when I was mean to you. And and she doesn't have any of that proof, and it was really uncomfortable. Because at this point, Priscilla is not arguing actual, like, points. There's no police report here. She just has all these, like, emotions that she needs to direct at someone because she doesn't want to feel them. You know, that's armchair psychiatry, you know? Right. Uh, she uh, she goes through this evolution of different things that she's going to throw at Dahlia, right? So the first thing she throws at Dahlia is, well, you're not really doing that well in the competition. You're coasting. You're an off-brand Victoria for me, right? So then Dahlia defends that. And then it's, you know, uh, about how Dahlia invalidates other people's drag, right? And so then she's like, well, I love how it's an issue when I invalidate someone's drag, but when Priscilla invalidates my drag, no one chooses to chime in. And then Priscilla's like, well, we all agree, and, you know, then Dahlia's like, well, girls, like, I 
I've been keeping my distance. Like I have been isolating myself as many of us do when we're feeling kind of like people don't like us. Uh, you know, you isolate yourself. And so Dolly is kind of explaining that. And that's when things kind of get sad. And then Priscilla just comes out with, well, no, you're a bitch. I don't like you because you're a brat. And she just I, needs I'm someone just to fight like, with her. She just needs someone exactly. to fight with her. To just fight with me. Just fight with me. Like, I, I feel like that's it's such a it's such a strange human behavior of when you when you're stirred up with a whole bunch of shit inside of you. You're like someone I need to get someone to get mad at me so I can direct this all at them. And it's. And it's failing miserably, and right. and yet at the same time, you know, I'm I'm watching Dahlia, and like, you know, they'll they'll cut to the talking head of Eva saying, "Well, I just think Dahlia is being really shady, and she's playing a shady game," and I'm kind of having this debate with myself of, is Dahlia gaslighting me, or is Dahlia the secret adult in the room who is 100 percent correct in everything that she said? And I'm leaning I, towards the latter. The same. I mean, I loved watching Landon. Uh, just watching this tennis match go back and forth between Dahlia and Priscilla. And it's definitely 40 love and Dahlia is serving aces. Like, yeah, this is all Dahlia. It, you know, and Priscilla's like, oh, well, we came into this wanting to be kind to each other. And Dahlia's like, girl, I have been kind to you. Give me a time. And then Priscilla's, well, it's fake. And then Dahlia's like, girl, like we just met each other. So how real do you want this? And then Priscilla's like, well, you're a fucking asshole. And the minute you name call I'm like you lost. Yeah, you, like th- you have not won this argument, right? And I and then obviously to keep it light and to move on, Landon's like, "Wow, well, come on, freak show." And I'm like, "All right, Landon, thank you transitioning us out, yeah. out of this." Thank you, the lesbian in the room. Thank God you're yes. here. Yeah, right. I mean, right. This, watching these boys. <laughs> right, right. Um, this did remind me of like you know what was it, Laganja, when she was like, "Well, I don't know what you said, but I know that." I have a feeling that you did say something about me when uh, to a door. There was a similar untucked oh. conflict there of I, don't I know, heard I don't know I what you Nina s- Bonina. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, but I think it's similar. Like I don't know what you said or when you said it, but I just know that you came for me at some point. And right, that's like uh, Nina Bonina, Nina Bonita Brown being like, "Oh yeah, Shea Coulee, you talk shit about me all the time." She's like, "Girl, I haven't talked shit about you at all." She's like, "Well, I heard." Right. It's like, well. <laughs> Well, it's like, well, who did you hear it from? Because it would have to be someone in this room. So pipe up, anybody who's <laughs> shared this information. And I mean, it was very uncomfortable because you could see in Priscilla's body language and in her eyes that she just did not have any ammunition. And yet she just like wasn't, it was like, it was all just pure pride. She needed to figure out a way to win this one and she had nothing. Right. Or you mean Priscilla had no ammunition. Priscilla. Yeah, I don't know who I said. Yeah, Priscilla. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the best line for me, oh, my God, this was, this is canon. Put this on a T-shirt. Priscilla, girl, please stretch before you reach. Well, Dahlia, yeah. the next day, was just cool as a cucumber. Like, I'm glad you're over it, babe, because I'm overhearing about it. Just completely not bothered by this weird thing that Priscilla is bringing up about Dragula world. It's like Priscilla is, I can't tell if Priscilla is creating the drama for the TV and doesn't feel this or is actually, you know, feeling some type of way about Dahlia. I can't really tell. Well, I think that the, the pretzel she's got to tie herself into to create this conflict of, well, I wasn't able to get to Dragula World, which is heartbreaking, but you were able to go. You could have entered the pageant, but you said you didn't need to, and then you got to get on the show. And so both of us got on the show without entering the pageant, <laughs> but you could have, and I couldn't. 
and because of that, I have receipts. It's like, this is not a receipt. This is a gum wrapper, Priscilla. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's like the, the, the plastic bag you walked away with. You yeah, know? This, is, this is not... This is not going to – you could maybe get a little bit of store credit, but you're not getting your money back, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a receipt. Yeah, Priscilla's Pretzels. Yeah. That's a great name for the, the, the podcast episode. Priscilla's um, Pretzels. Yes. Uh, stretch before you reach. Yeah. Yeah. Salted. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was salty, and um, Dahlia was, uh, I don't know, gluten intolerant. <laughs> Pretzels have a lot of gluten, right? Um, <laughs> All right, Mary. Right? <laughs> no, and I'll tell you, I have had gluten-free pretzels, glutinos, and they are gistasting. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Gistasting. It's not even disgusting. It's gistasting. Okay, so I don't know what gistasting is. but um, so disgusting, I do know, it's gistasting. <laughs> I do know that there was a time, I think this was in like 2012, 2013, um, I was living at my, not living, but I was staying at my parents' house a lot because I was teaching nearby. And uh, I would make these gluten-free pretzel rings, Ugh. but I'd melt, I'd melt American cheese on them. Ugh. Uh, like so just, good, Mary. Like peel so out of good. the plastic cheese? No, no, like uh, cut from the deli at King's. Oh, oh, at King's. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Boo-gee bitch. <laughs> well, you know, Flatbush Debbie, she does not wear costume no, jewelry. No, the queen of kings, Flatbush <laughs> Debbie. In her Michael Kors in her Mi Yeah, her Michael Kors <laughs> supermarket shoes, just, you know. <laughs> pulling onto the highway. She's scared, God. she's livid, and she's going to kings. <laughs> so watch the fuck out. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, um, so, yeah. So this whole uh, drama between Priscilla and Dahlia was certainly setting up the Dahlia win. Maybe there was other footage that we didn't see that, you know, they could have used if Dahlia didn't win. Who knows? Uh, but we certainly got to focus on Dahlia kind of emerging, which we'll hear about, uh, you know, during the uh, deliberations, which was also a, a moment that I really appreciated and really loved. And again, like I just became a Dahlia fan because of this conflict. I was like, she kind of handled this really well. She and was. I, don't, I thought that I was going to be alone on this, she, but no. I, apparently you agree. So no, that's I, good. I think that she was really impressive. And I also loved when she was kind of assessing because she was able to like step back. I mean, there's, there's two moments of talking heads that I really loved and where, I was like, you know, you are being real. Like, it just feels real when she says, like, you know, I know I sound like I'm coming across as a bitch, but, like, off camera, these girls are saying every little thing they can. <laughs> and then on camera, they act like they're so politically correct. It's just bullshit. And then right. later when she has that thing about, you know, Priscilla is just feeling a lot of pressure and she, you know, needs to lash out at someone. And so if that means attacking me, then whatever. And she does this like eye roll like face and is the same face that Madeline does last episode. It is. Mm. You could do it. I, Mary's listening. You know what I'm talking about. There's or send us the send us the receipts if you've got them. Um, <laughs> it is the exact same facial expression. It's just like, well, whatever. It's basically like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I know that face. Yeah, yeah. you know, like like uh, like grandmother, like daughter. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love that. Um, so let's talk about some of these looks because I gotta tell you, Mary, when it was an okay, 
when they were first introducing all of the contestants on the floor show, I was like, oh, my God, none of them are going home. How are any of these performers going to go home? And then, you know, as the floor show went on after all of them were introduced, you started to see some flaws. But uh, I was totally impressed with all of these. Yeah, I was, too. I I do think Eva, especially having seen all the other things Eva has done and like the how extensive those looks were this to me I, I the tap dancing wasn't the problem i think she she really you know shit the bed on this conjoined twin thing i think she mm-hmm. needed to make that so much more a part of it and like real that was where the freak show was and it was like oh there's just like a barbie arm in your armpit okay nah. right you right know? so i was i was a fan of the look until she did that reveal and i was like what I, this wasn't a, a big moment for me uh, I didn't really see it. Uh, no. You know, the tap the tap dancing, I thought it was very whatever happened to baby Eva. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you are in that competition. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are in that competition. Eva, Eva. you are. Um, you know, the the baby, the, the face reveal, what it reminds me of is, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where – Homer gets the like the sexy new coworker and eventually he has to go on a business trip with her. And um, meanwhile, earlier in the episode, Marge had gone to the the mall and she got t-shirts printed and she got a t-shirt with her face printed on it. But the, <laughs> the face was all like stretched and distorted, so she got it for like half off. And so there's some scene later where like Homer is like in the hotel room and he's feeling really conflicted about um, this other coworker because he thinks that she's flirting with him and he hears. Here's this like mm, mm, and this moaning and his shirt pops open and he's wearing the stretch distorted Marge shirt underneath. <laughs> but it's really just somebody vacuuming in the hallway. <laughs> it's just this great moment of like mm. oh. anyway, that's what this face reminded me of was the Marge face on this t-shirt. I love the reference. That makes me love this look even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a there's a few points in, in Eva's Eva's pocket on this one. Yeah, I mean, I did love the makeup and wig, though. I did love it. Oh, I mean, when she it said it wasn't scary, but I loved it. When she said she didn't style wigs, I was like, "You look great." What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah she looked great. Um, before we go on to the other looks, I do want to just have a quick moment for Vander von Odd. I mean, w- royal bride of Frankenstein, like absolutely stunning. Uh, so happy that they're on the show, that they're doing the production design. I, really fantastic drag. Really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I've um, i still only seen the first and the last episode of season one, so I have a lot of Vander to still discover. But mm. um, I saw Vander at... Uh, Nightgowns once. Same. Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, with, we, were it, t- we were together. Was we're, that the... Um, somewhere Over the Rainbow? No. Okay, we weren't together. Yeah, okay. it was really cool. <laughs> But yeah, I you know it was nice to see Vander there. Um, it, it's worth mentioning my conflicting feelings on Sig Neutron. What, what what are who is Sig Neutron? He was cute. So I think he was a contestant on Face Off, which I think was that. Oh, I love Face Off. Uh, makeup, okay. yeah, body yes. painting show. Okay. You okay. know, there was a part of me that was just like, ugh, like enough. And then there's a part of me that was just like, oh, just like. You know, you be the pig, I'll be the trough. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, here's 45 minutes, do your worst, you know? Um, And I just kind of flip-flopped between those two sentiments the whole time. 
Okay, flip-flopping, maybe, you know, a yeah. predecessor. Who right. knows? <laughs> yeah, you know, an act one pretzel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and obviously the boules and the high pointy shoulders and the leopard. I mean, that was, uh, another stunning look. Oh, I mean, Cheetah's Rivera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done, Mary. Thank you. Um, I so let's talk about let's talk about Dahlia because Dahlia did great. Um, this was like literally straight from one of those old cards that feature sideshow acts. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and, and then updated or still felt fresh or felt right. exciting. I honestly, this was, at first I didn't, the first time I saw it, I think I didn't love it. And then when I watched it again, I really did. I mean, the thing to keep in mind, especially thinking of like what they had to incorporate in this challenge, is that Dahlia not only did a classic freak show act, she incorporated two wigs. Right. Not, not just one and right. made it like a featured part of the act with like a really cool wig reveal. And that like that's a when you look at the rest of them, I mean, Landon used the wigs the most, sec, you know, the second most. I mean, that was a part of it was how much are you using the product. And when you compare what Dahlia did just in, from that part of like the brief, so to speak, or the challenge Ooh, to the brief. Is that what you just yeah, said? Yeah, the brief, the purple brief, the purple briefs the, from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When you when you when you you know when you refer to the Haynes brief, this is one thing that she really, you know, she pissed all over the competition in that respect. All right, <laughs> I will say I thought the best use of the wig was Louise. Well, Louise, you know, coming in coming at you with the obscure references, giving me Celia Weston realness. Um, okay. Thank you. Don't know that reference. So yeah. she was the she was the she was in Junebug. Did you see Junebug with Amy Adams? Okay, I didn't see it. Ugh, she's been in everything. I I make that reference because someone out there knows. And if you don't look her up, she is so good. She's such a nuanced Who actress. Am I looking up? What's the name? I want to look it up right now. Celia C E L I A. Weston W E S T O N. You you might actually know who she is by visual and maybe not by name. I feel like you will. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh my God. Of course. Right. Right. Oh, I, right. She's like the. Oh, that's very Louise. Right. And if you see younger uh. pictures of Celia Weston, it it's even more accurate. She's, uh, you know, it's it's not a bad reference. Oh my God, she's been in so many great movies. I know. She was in Little Man Tate. She was in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Right. Mary. I'm telling you, girl. <gasps> Oh God! She was also in Freak Show. So okay. See right. Celia Weston. Right, Mary. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no reservations. Hulk. She was in In the Bedroom. She was in the okay. bedroom. She's great in that movie. I remember from uh, In the Bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you, Mary. Thank uh, you for I, indulging that. Yes, I apologize for not knowing it right away. But you know, Louise, I thought looked great. I loved the glamour. Um, and had her acrobatics worked out, I think she could have been in the top two. But there was that wardrobe malfunction, and it just didn't go her way. Uh, and, you know, obviously Landon was great. Uh, if we're going to move on to Landon, uh, just straight out of a movie, the amazing use of the wig. Um, but uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about these dicks being unrealistic? Uh, you know, I, I definitely felt like they were a bit of an afterthought. And I was like, well, I mean... I appreciate that they're not your wheelhouse, Landon, but, you know, I mean, you do everything else so impeccably, impeccably, that the least mm. you can do is, you know, um, you know, 
not not cock up this element of the challenge. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, okay, all right. That's a reach, Mary. Did you no, stretch before that I reach? I think that okay. that's an expression. I think maybe that might be, a, might be a UK expression. You know, oh, you really cocked it up. Oh, okay, cocked it up. I cock think so. Do. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I I gotta say, I kind of love that he made the dicks unrealistic as kind of a commentary on drag queens and boobs and the unrealistic kind of nature of boobs sometimes. And we just kind of accept it. And it's kind of like, yeah, here's some fucking, you know, doughy dicks. And it's like, okay. Um, but because the rest of the drag was just so impeccable, it, it did feel a little out of place for me, but I did, you know, I, I could see it in a way of like, all right, yeah, fuck it. They're cartoon dicks. Yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that idea. I, I mean, you know, even looking at, at Dahlia, right, where it's like, okay, but there's nothing realistic about these boobs. I mean, exactly. come on. Yeah. Um, right. I, I want to just uh, record scratch to say that I looked it up and that cock up is British informal, a situation that is complicated, unpleasant, or difficult to deal with because of someone's mistake. So. Oh, all right. Well, you know, Tara cock up, Mary. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Tara cock up. Yeah. <laughs> Cock Destroyers. I, I don't know what that reference is, but I know it. Oh, oh so Cock Destroyers. It's those two British ladies. And I got to tell you, the, my, the way I learned about them was somebody overdubbed. So somebody said, like, while they were casting for The Little Mermaid, they were like, oh, I've cast Fletsum and Jetsum, which are the eels. Oh, right. And they, over, they overdubbed those Cock Destroyers talking yes. while they're, while the eels are circling around Ariel. It's so good. I think I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, absolute Cock Destroyers. Cock destroyers. Yeah. Just disgusting whores. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also, before I forget, just in, in the name of talking about unrealistic body parts, that I don't know if you noticed Swan in her critiques of Dahlia referring to her as a big titted woman or a strong titted woman. I was like, oh, you mean like a strong gay woman? You mean like strong gay, gay woman? I was so proud. I was just like, this is the crossover reference I'm asking mm, for. Right. Cynthia Ali. Yeah. yeah. Cynthia yeah. Lee Fontaine in her challenge losing performance that's right that's yeah. right yeah 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 when she tore a cock up sorry yeah. tara cock up yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i love that tara cock up tara tara cock up tara cock tara cotta too right it Terracotta. does it does yeah. maybe um maybe it's like a maybe she's like in santa fe there's a lot of tara that's adobe oh um, adobe yeah. yes <laughs> welcome to the stage adobe stucco <laughs> Adobe sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adobe, Adobe sweet. acrobat. Uh, Adobe acrobat. <laughs> Adobe reader. Adobe reader. It's the whole family of oh, Adobe. It's whole, right? yeah, 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 really. The, the, yeah, there's the, the Adobe drag family. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. The house of Adobe. House uh, of Adobe. And it is God. Adobe stucco. <laughs> yes. Adobe. Oh, yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Oh. On a mezza. On a mezza. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Whatever you call it. <laughs> In the words of Valerie Cherish. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It's just so good. I'm sorry. It's, it's just so good. so good. It's so good. I'm sorry. Oh it's God. just so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love that we quote her. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping her alive. I mean, if we anyway, don't make these references. That's right. We that's lose right. them. 
Um, so yes, I would have put Landon and Dahlia in the top, uh, Priscilla and Eve in the bottom for sure. I did, you know, we didn't talk about Pris. Um, I'm, I, when I write her name down, I write Pris because Priscilla is just so hard for me to type. But um, I, I thought the look was very realized from the head up with the scary teeth. Um, and she carried around what I'm calling Lil Pound Cake's dead sister, Lil Bunt Cake. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, she was a uh, Lil Bunt Cake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, the doll was a little lackluster. I couldn't help but kind of grasp a perhaps a reference to Dahlia, you know, and she's putting nails in Dahlia. I don't know. I, I know that's a reach, right? Yeah. And I didn't stretch. But I'm, I there's that kind of moment that I'm having, that meta moment of like, oh, she's carrying around a Dahlia, you know? Sure, sure. There's that kind of like, you know. That, that analysis of the of the themes, sure, sure, um, yeah. yeah. I didn't necessarily have a problem with her look. I think with the wig, I really think that was just an opportunity for a reveal. I think she could have come out looking like, like a certain yeah. way and then revealed that she was in fact something. Tells me the expression pinheads probably problematic, but I I can't. I already looked up cock up. I'm not looking up pinhead. So, oh, okay. uh, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, I I've never heard uh, that. Expression Pinhead is that I know that Pinhead is a character in Hellraiser Yeah I think that's a different one I think this is more of like a You know I think it's some kind of I mean I mentioned oh, it's, it's based a on person, it's, like it's a, a person with a condition known as uh, Microcephaly Yeah It's somebody with a smaller than average head yeah. And that so yeah So I guess it can be considered uh, a, a slur for someone with that uh, uh, Issue Right yeah condition yeah um, I don't know uh, if any. No, I'm not even going to say it. If anyone's listening, who, no, I don't want to hear it. Um, Put a anyway. pin in it, Mickey. Yeah. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I just can't tiptoe around every rose bush in this garden. You know what I mean, Lo? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm tiptoeing through so many goddamn tulips. They're turning into eggshells. Uh, oh, all right. That's yeah. well. You know, eggshells are good for blueberries. I did hear. Oh, so. blueberries. <laughs> well, that just that makes me think of another obscure reference no one has seen, which is the blueberries video of you forgot blueberries, 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 and then she falls. I guess you haven't seen that. Oh my god. Nope. Marys. <laughs> this is go back and look up on YouTube. You forgot blueberries. Trust uh, you me. You forgot blueberries. You forgot blueberries. <laughs> blueberries. Blueberries. Blah. Um, it's so rewarding. I'm I, I'm only picturing Grape Escape. I don't I don't know her. Grape Escape is that uh, board game from the '90s that uses Play-Doh, and your your piece is a little Play-Doh that goes along the board, and they have to escape this like trap, kind of like Mouse Trap, but it's Grape Escape, and it takes forever to set up. And, you know, you play it once because you don't want to set it up again. But anyway, so oh, like right, right. you roll the dice and then, you know, by accident, like something slams on your thing, on your on your Play-Doh that, it, you know, squashes you or whatever. Uh, so that's called Grape Escape. And they have a great commercial that I'm only thinking about with this blueberries, blueberries, <laughs> Grape Escape. Grandma, um, grandma. Gra yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Now we're just having an on-air stroke. But I <laughs> well, I, I will look up the Grape Escape commercial if you'll look up You Forgot Blue blueberries and we'll revisit right. this next week you forgot blueberries yeah got it um uh, <laughs> blueberries blueberries I, I hate it i hate it i'm cringing now <laughs> yeah it's great it's so uh, great now i'm gonna every single time i eat blueberries i'm just gonna hear your fucking voice yeah blueberries <laughs> <laughs> blueberries blueberries <laughs>
God, God. Go crawl back into your coffin, Mary. Boo, berries. Boo, berries. Boo. So uh, let's let's move on from these naughty biscuits. Uh, mm. Talk about the deliberation. Um, I we talked about Dahlia kind of not being seen as you know Vicky's daughter uh, and maybe more as uh, you know the granddaughter of Maddie. But um, I want to talk about Dahlia talking about Mason. Oh, did you hear? I did. Did you hear that? I did. I I I really I appreciated. I don't know because what Dahlia is like twenty three, and I think. Mm. That to get to that conclusion of like, you know, you just have to be yourself and you just have to like fuck all the rest of the noise. I, you know, getting to that conclusion is great. And at the same time, I go back to RuPaul. It is a tail you cut off every morning, you know? That's right. That's right. Um, You don't just turn a corner and you don't care what people think about you anymore. And I feel like it is like a PSA for anybody who sees that and thinks, Oh, I just have to get to that point. I have to climb that summit and I won't ever care again what people think. And I'll just be like, fuck the rest. I don't blah, blah, blah. You know, I follow my own rules. Maybe other people can get there, but I think you're sacrificing something else to maintain that. I think what's a lot more realistic is like you confront those issues every day. And sometimes they're really powerful and sometimes they're not, but they're present in some form you know, and it's about main managing that versus obliterating it. Right. And, you know, it, it could also be Dahlia. Uh, granted, like, yeah, she kind of presented it as turning a corner, but it could also be Dahlia kind of seeing all the other players in the room and being like, uh, something isn't adding up because, you know, the next person they talked to was Eva. And, you know, they kind of called Eva out for being fake, uh, you know, based on Bitch Puddin's uh, critique of her. And Eva's just basically, well, I'm just a focused ass bitch. And it come, I don't believe it, right? I know because I'm a queer person that has this issue as well. But, like, she's competing. She's on camera. She's self-editing. She's adjusting for every situation because she's afraid of the rejection of herself, that, that's what I'm seeing. And then you have Dahlia on the other side of the stage being like, yeah, I'm kind of over that. I don't, you know, right now in this competition, I see that happening and that's not where I'm at. And I'm going to just, kinda, I just don't want to take shit. I want to be happy. I, I don't care. I've been passive for too long. It's, it's old. And I, it was interesting to see that juxtaposition there. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think that, you know, I think, Dahlia kind of saying all of that, not only in front of the Boulet brothers, but in front of the other contestants, I think is certainly responsive to a lot of what she was saying earlier in the episode of like these these girls, like when they're off camera, they are just saying every little thing and they're being fake. Everyone's being fake. And I yeah, like I appreciated that Dahlia was like just making it clear in front of everybody that whatever story they're trying to put on her is projection basically you know right yeah i love that you know and it does make me give pause i'm like i wonder what they were saying about hollow eve you know what i mean yeah absolutely i mean i that's because i think that i i understand i can understand why someone would maybe say one thing about someone like hollow eve off camera but on camera would want to be on brand of oh i support and love that kind of drag versus like if you don't, if that's not your cup of soup, then being real about it and like accepting the consequences of people who don't agree with you. Uh, right. I mean, that's like, I think that's kind of what Dahlia is doing in, you know, 
uh, in contrast. I think that she is just being completely honest and, uh, you know, unlike Eva, it's like not thinking about what other people or how the other people are going to respond to it, but just um, kind of like intentionally choosing the opposite response approach of ignoring how anyone else is going to react. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying that about Eva for a lot of this season and no shade to Eva because great fucking drag queen, great performer, um, you know, little sweet little baby over there. Like love, love her drag. Um, and her I'm, persona. I'm not going to use the word baby. Um, it's really <laughs> pejorative and reductive. Um, I'm just, I'm not going to use that word. I know you just did. I'm not going to use that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I, you know, all praise to Eva Destruction. You know, that's her fucking name, goddammit. Um, but I, there, there are times when I'm like, you sound like a producer's contestant. Like, it does sound like you are putting on the show instead of being the show. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. And I know she kind of addressed it a few weeks ago. It was something around just like, she knows that some sometimes she sounds packaged because I think she's right. thinking through what she wants to say. It's just, you know, she's getting caught up in her head. You know, I think that there is I'm not gonna criticize that. Like I think that there is a through no. there's a through line. We I think we talked about this with Nina Bonita Brown. We talked about this with a lot of performers where when you look at someone and the drag that they do and like how brilliant or intricate or unique or out of the box they are you know, and in thinking Eva's case, like she is just such a brilliant drag queen and does so many different iterations of drag. It's not just one style that right. I feel like this isn't necessarily like always like requisite, but it makes sense to me that someone with that busy of a brain, for lack of a better description, could also, you know, could have then conflicts of like just trying to relax and have a normal conversation, especially in a competition where all of that busyness in your brain is being judged every week uh, for God, its output. Totally. Like I just, yeah. I get it, you know? Yeah, I really, after Eva was talking to the Boulets of kind of about that symptom that she has, I, I connected more with Eva. I actually saw her more because I was like, oh yeah, I do that too, right? Like, Sometimes when, you know, you can come across as this like artist or doing this thing. It's I, I think about it when I'm teaching. It's like when I'm teaching, there's no room for me to second guess myself. But when I'm not teaching, it's like, oh, well, that's when everything is the worst. And to be on camera and to be self-assessing while you're competing, God, an impossible task. So that also, you know, going back to Dahlia, more power to Dahlia for just figuring all that out and being like, yeah, well. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to see one of the youngest performers in the room, Dahlia, and one of the oldest, Landon, both kind of have a similar laser focus about what they're doing. And that I, mm. I think that really speaks to the fact that, it, you know, and I know that sometimes we'll talk about, oh, it, it kind of things coming with age, you know, but like age is always like a mental, emotional age. It's not always, I think there's benefit to like literal years of experience, but there are lots of people who've been given lots of years to experience things and have learned nothing. So, mm. you know, and so I, I just think it's I, I always like to kind of be proven wrong about what I thought of the youngest person in the room. You know, it's so easy to think, oh, the older ones, the more experienced ones, they're way more focused. Dahlia, this like this 
this baby, you know, like. Oh, this baby. This oh, well, you know, I don't use that term. Oh, you so. don't? Oh. No. Oh, um, no. Okay, uh, babe. Okay, babe. Uh, Listen, baby. Can I get you anything, yeah. babe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Um, I, uh, I mean, we, we said the same thing about Aquaria, right? Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly what I'm thinking of, is I had the exact same judgments going in about Aquaria. I was like, all right, well, like, you're creative, but, like, how interesting a human being are you? How developed of a human being are you? And I was totally wrong. I the mean, arrogance. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, and it's <laughs> like, I'm happy to be checked on that because it's like, what a pleasant surprise when it turns out someone is, like, way more, you know, uh, complicated or way more um, interesting than you gave them credit for. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is one thing to say, I don't see age, which I think is, like, so creepy and terrible because like age is something like it is something but at the same time you can't focus totally on someone's age and uh make assumptions all about their experience you got to give them a shot well yeah of course i mean i think age is uh yeah it's a it's a it's a very large topic i think especially in the queer community i think age has totally different um implications or expectations you know mm -hmm. that's a whole other yeah. episode is like age just age in the gay community yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. age and queers yeah <laughs> aging beauties yeah man. aging beauties <laughs> i got a couple of aging beauties <laughs> i got these old ladies from the from the nursing home they're here to present their uh their fashion show for you say welcome to the stage these aging beauties <laughs> First, we got Norma in a quacker factory nightgown, <laughs> anti-embolism stockings, and some simple laundry slippers. Give her a moment, folks. The, the, the stockings do wonderful things for her varicose veins. Oh, she, they're holding her all together in those things. That sausage is about to bust. Oh, Mary. All right. Well, anyway, so, yeah, we talked about the extermination. Eva goes home again. Another extermination where I'm like, well, you had a great opening. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard that before, but I, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's a big butt. Yeah, yeah. and it's a big butt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, quite the reveal, but, oh. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think if Eva were to continue, it just, it, it, it just wasn't, I don't know. It, she was kind of descending and I guess to be totally honest, I mean, of who we have left, I'm really excited to see more of Landon. I'm really excited to see more of Louisiana. Now I'm more excited to see more of Dahlia. Mm -hmm. And I guess, to be honest, I mean, I was really living for Priscilla all the season, and I thought, you know, don't sleep on her. But I think maybe some of the boudoir stuff this week, it's like she and Dahlia, I flip-flopped. They're like, oh, I got a little turned off by some of this, you know, some of this bullshit that she was slain, right. you know? Yeah, agreed. Although, you know, still still happy to see Priscilla get to the top three, uh, not knocking her drag. And, you know, just some thoughts on Eva. Not for nothing, but Eva is going to be fine. Eva has oh. a huge platform already. It's going to grow even further because of this. And I, I'm just so proud to see it, right? So to have Louisiana get a chance to move on or priscilla to get a chance to move on i'm like work 
Oh, I hear that totally, right? Like, I think Eva is on the eve of something great. Uh, Destruction? And, uh, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it's up to her at this point. But, uh, yeah, I hear you, right? Like, I think that she that's a queen who had a huge following before this, who's going to be fine, who, you know, has a dedicated audience, you know, our fan base, and this is only going to grow that. But, yeah, for someone like Priscilla, you know, for someone like Louisiana, I think, uh, and Landon, you know, and, and sure, Dahlia, I feel like this – uh, elevation on the platform is going to do them a ton of good. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, I guess a part of me is really nervous, but also kind of excited for the reunion uh, to put these queens all back into the same room. Like, let's say Dahlia goes home and Priscilla goes on or vice versa. Like, that's going to be an interesting discussion just to see where they're at you know oh my gosh the reunion is between hollow and yeah. you know i think hollow's gonna have a lot to say like i i don't know i'm just thinking about the season two reunion and it was just like monica shannon being drunk at the end of the table the whole time <laughs> you know and this season i'm like oh it's gonna be so good it's and, and you know the whole time landon's just gonna be sitting there just waiting to get crowned you know like <laughs> no drama just very, very reminiscent of Alaska and All Stars too. Like, laser focus, not get into the drama. I wouldn't be mad at a, I'll pay Pally a ten thousand dollars to save me drama moment from Landon. You know, like mm, right, right, right. Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind a little meltdown from Landon. Yeah, yeah. who knows if that's gonna happen? You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, a, just a yeah, a, a nice BSA moment. Um, yeah, I can't get my prosthetics to stick. Yeah, you know, where's my something. Dremel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who took my fucking Dremel? <laughs> my boobs keep popping out of my armpits. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone seen my 5 by 7 of Shauna Brooks? <laughs> Get out of my station. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we got for episode seven. Yeah. Um, next week we will have knock on wood, a very special guest. Yes. Uh, a, 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 a demon from hell. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have any thoughts in the meantime on this episode, Mary's, you can reach out to us on Twitter at all right, Mary, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com. Uh, and reach out to us there or you can write us an email at uh, allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts uh, and, and whatnot. Uh, if you want, you can also follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also and help me with my Louisiana purchase as Miss Nelson is missing Viola Swamp campaign. And you can get more of me on my podcast, In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, or my brand new podcast, Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses with Nick Kachanoff. You can also find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you can get more of both of us, including early access to Drag Race UK episodes, All Right Scary Matreons, and like 80 other back episodes of of bonus content at patreon.com backslash all right mary yeah this week we have cujo coming up and then after that we'll have straight jacket oh so yeah my it's gonna be good my bracelets are dangling and jangling in anticipation <laughs> all right mary um so we have a last chance lip sync for you this week 
this song is called The Creeps Get on the Dance Floor by The Freaks. And we hope you enjoy it and get on that dance floor. All right, Mary? Yeah, I'm going to sit here and tap the table with the ants, but you have a great time. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> Yeah.